I often hear from brand new business owners or ones that really haven't been in business for very long that they aren't sure if they need an LLC. They really aren't even sure how to get one. Do they need a lawyer? Can they do it themselves? Is there a special state that they should do it in? And it can be quite confusing. So today, that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast is all things establishing an LLC, all the little things that you need to know about it, what to do, what not to do. So if that is you and you are confused about this, then go grab your coffee and let's get rolling because I'm going to dig in and talk about it today. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They feel overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know the protocol when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy to understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. So I guess first things first, the biggest question is, is do you need an LLC? And for most people, it's really something that you kind of have to think about. Why do you need an LLC? Let's start there. What is the advantage to even having an LLC? The biggest reason people have an LLC is because they are trying to protect their assets. So if you have a business and you get sued and you don't have a LLC, you just have a DBA, then they can come after your personal assets and then there's no protection from your entity for you personally. That is generally the reason why people have LLCs. But it can get a little bit more complex than that, a little bit more complicated than even just having an LLC because just because if you have an LLC doesn't really even mean that you're protected in the event that you do get sued. So as with all things tax and sometimes business in general, it can be a little more complicated than that. So let's talk about it and really kind of establish some parameters and lay a foundation for what that would look like. So the main thing that you really need to know when it comes to having an LLC, if your primary goal of that is asset protection, is to make sure that there is a separation between you and the business. That's super important. I cannot stress that enough where you really have to make sure that everything, your bank accounts are separate, you're not mixing a lot of personal expenses and costs in with your business checking account, that you are then transferring money from the business to you personally to pay those personal expenses, and that there is a clear separation between you and the, and the business. The reason for that is that if you do kind of what I would say is a very common mistake with especially brand new baby business owners is if you mix it all together and you have a whole bunch of personal stuff in your business account and even sometimes a whole bunch of business stuff in your personal account and there's no real distinct difference, what can happen in the event of any kind of legal issue where you're getting sued, a lawyer can come in and the very first thing that they're going to try and do is prove that there's no difference between you and the business so that they can get rid of that LLC asset protection. Because if they can do that, then they are able to go after your personal assets. So keeping those things separately is super important. I did a show a while back 
on audit proofing your business and talked a lot about how to make sure you're not commingling funds and really just establishing your business the way that you should to avoid any kind of audit issues. I'll link that show in the show notes so that you can go back and listen to it because it was really good. And I think if you're kind of trying to figure out if an LLC makes sense for you, then that's going to be a really great episode to also listen to. The other thing that an LLC does is it actually allows you to make choices in the future on how you want to be taxed. The IRS does not view an LLC as a taxable entity. So what that means is that there isn't some sort of tax form specifically for paying taxes through an LLC. You can actually file four different kinds of tax returns as an LLC. You can file just like you would as a DBA sole proprietor on your Schedule C of your 1040. You can elect S corporation and file an 1120S. You can file as a partnership if you have a partner in your business. And you can also file as a C corporation. So really all four businesses or all four forms can be filed with an LLC. Why is that important? Well, I think a lot of times what happens is people start a business and they're not really sure what to expect. And then all of a sudden their business is going crazy. They're making a lot of money. And then they have this tax liability that they're trying to minimize, reduce, etc. Well, if you already start off with an LLC, then you actually can retroactively elect some of these things to file differently if it makes sense for you. So go ahead and just start out with an LLC. And the reason I say that is because most states are really anywhere from, I think some of them are as low as $50 up to a few hundred dollars. So, you know, not cheap necessarily, but also not really expensive to file with the state to actually establish your LLC. So I recommend just doing that from the get-go because there's just a lot of benefit to doing it. The only reason I would tell you maybe not to do that is if you truly have a side gig, some sort of a hobby that you are trying to turn into a business and you're not really generating a lot of revenue, you're not doing a lot of work through it. In that situation, then maybe don't go with an LLC initially. But if your goal is to build a business that is making quite a bit of money, whatever that means to you, just start out with an LLC. It's just kind of a no brainer to do that. So how do you even establish an LLC and what does that look like? Do you need a lawyer? Question number one, right? Do you have to go out and pay a lawyer? Because if you pay a lawyer, it's actually quite a bit more expensive than just establishing with the state and paying a small fee. You also have to pay the lawyer to draw up the documents. Is it necessary? Well, I would say a couple of things. Number one, you need to check with your state to see what the requirements are within your state to know if you're going to have to have an operating agreement. Some states actually do require you to have an operating agreement so that it's legal and that that actually adds in the layer of asset protection. So that's really important. Real quick, I wanted to take a quick break and tell you about a free download that I have to help you with your tax reduction strategies and process. It is my top 10 tax tips. These are my favorite tax tips that I love that help most people, and I'm giving it to you for free. You can go to 10taxtips.com. The link is also in the show notes, but you can then go in there. All you have to do is put your email address in and then immediately download it. It is 100% free. And then that way you can kind of get on that path to being able to reduce your taxes and actually have meaningful change when it comes to your taxes. Go to 10taxtips.com, the number 10taxtips.com and download that so that you can get on your way to reducing your tax. And if you decide that you need help with those tax tips and you're not really sure what to do when you get them, then be sure to book 
a free discovery call with a link in my show notes. And we can talk about whether or not it makes sense to help you. And if we can help you, that would be the first step. It's free. It's 30 minutes. And we can just kind of talk and get to know each other and figure out if we can help you with reducing your taxes. And with that, we'll get back to the show. If your state does not have that requirement, and you don't have a business partner, then it's not as important to have an operating agreement because typically what an operating agreement is going to do is just going to lay out the ground rules for if something happens. So um, how to take money out of business, how the LLC should be filing their taxes, how you would shut down the business if you decide that you don't want it anymore. It just really is the roadmap to everything that you would need to know for the business. So if you have a business partner, then 100% you need to get an operating agreement. And I would caution you on just getting a standard operating agreement from online. Like in that situation, you probably do want to spend the money and have it done up front because there is nothing worse than thinking everything is going well with your business partner. And then all of a sudden things get sideways and you're navigating some legal issues because you are being accused of doing something wrong, or maybe you're accusing them of doing something wrong. And the first thing that the lawyers are going to want is the operating agreement to know what should and shouldn't be happening. And if you don't have that, then it can get extremely messy. The reality is, is it's messy in that situation, in that scenario, regardless. If you don't have an operating agreement, then it gets super messy. So if you have a business partner, 100% get an operating agreement. If you're in a state that's going to require it to make sure you have that asset protection we talked about a minute ago, definitely have an operating agreement. And then, you know, in some situations, there are specific scenarios that are particular to you and your business or you and your industry, which would require an operating agreement. So it probably doesn't hurt to talk to a lawyer and just get their professional advice because I'm not a lawyer. I can't act like a lawyer. I'm not even acting like one on TV. (laughs) So, you know, talk to a lawyer because they're going to be able to shed some light on it and uh, maybe talk to a couple of different lawyers. By the way, speaking of lawyers, lawyers can only practice in their state that they've got their license through. So I'm in the state of Texas and if I need legal advice, I can't talk to a lawyer in California if they aren't also licensed in Texas. So that's one thing to also keep in mind is that it will have to be someone that's in your state um, or licensed in your state. Sometimes lawyers will have licenses in multiple states, but it's not as common. As a CPA, I have reciprocity in all 50 states. So I can actually represent my clients in front of the IRS regardless of where they live and where I live because I have reciprocity. In other words, I can practice in all 50 states, but the legal profession is not the same. So the next thing you need to do after you determine if you need an operating agreement, you've talked to a lawyer, is figure out what do you want to name the business. If you want just something generic, you can always register a DBA and operate under that DBA instead of the LLC. So that is an option. Alternatively, if you really just want to keep it simple, then start out from the beginning with the name that you want. You will need to make sure that there aren't any trademarks on the name that you are wanting to register. You'll also want to make sure that in the state you're trying to register in, that there's not another name that's similar because oftentimes the state will come back and tell you you can't have that name if there's one that is similar to the one that you want. And then the other thing you want to do and maybe something that a lot of people don't think about is you need to make sure that there is a domain available online for that business name. That can be where things get tricky. So I would check all these things to make sure that it's available. And if the name that you're thinking you want is not available in any one of those scenarios, you just have to go back to the drawing board 
and put your creativity thinking cap on and figure out what makes sense for you because you do want to check all of those boxes to make sure that the name that you want is available and it is going to be something that your business can use. You don't want to get into legal issues before you even start because you're using a business name that's trademarked and you shouldn't be because you will get a cease and desist from a lawyer and that can really be an issue in you know, it's just friction that you don't necessarily need, especially in the beginning of just trying to get your business up and going. So then once you've done that, you need to figure out what state you're going to register in. So the easiest way is to register in the state that you live in. And I would say most people, that's going to be the best scenario. There are times when it makes sense to register in another state. The ones that are the most friendly to do that with is Delaware, Nevada, and Wyoming. Those three states are really friendly when it comes to having out-of-state business owners. The one thing that I would say is you'll want to talk to a professional about this to see if it makes sense for you to do that. Each one of those states has different benefits of registering in that state. Again, a lot of people, it won't matter. But just talk to someone that knows what they're doing and get an opinion from them so that you can be guided down that path. The other thing that I would say is if you decide to register out-of-state, you're going to have to have a registered agent in that state. Um, in order to have a presence in a state, you have to have a physical location. Well, in order to do that, you're going to have someone representing you, which is going to be a registered agent, which is going to be another fee that you have. Typically, it's pretty low, low cost, you know, 100 bucks or so. You'd have to check maybe a little bit more than that in some, some areas, but it's fairly nominal. But it is something else that you're going to have to think about. And a registered agent is going to collect your mail. They're going to be getting all that from whoever is sending it, whether it's the IRS or the state. And then they're going to make sure you get a copy of it. So they're representing you, which is why there's a fee. So then you want to get registered in the state. You can go directly on most states' websites and do it online. So there's nothing necessarily magical. It's just a hoop you have to jump through to go do it. So... Most states, you can go to the state secretary, secretary of state's website, and then fill out the forms that are necessary and submit them online. Some states, you aren't able to do that, but it's fairly uncommon. Most of the states, you're able to do it online, pay your fee, whatever the fee is with the state. Essentially, what they do from there is you get, it's named a few different things. It can be called the Certificate of Formation, Articles of Incorporation. There's a couple of different things that different states call it, but you're getting the actual document that proves you have a business in that state. Now, the one thing that that won't show you, that Articles of Incorporation or Certificate of Formation, it won't show the ownership of the uh, business, generally speaking. That's another place where the operating agreement comes in handy. So again, going back to if you have multiple owners in a business, that operating agreement is going to show who owns what, how much, what's the percentage, etc. So you're, you're not going to have that on the form that the state gives you. Then lastly, the next big step that you need to do, or next to last, I should say, is you need to get your taxpayer identification number. It's also called an EIN. And you can do that through the IRS website. Um, you can also hire someone to do it for you. But the IRS website allows you to do that all online to where you get your taxpayer identification number immediately. And then they give you the form, which is on the IRS letterhead. And then from there, you've got everything that you need to be able to go to the bank and open up your business bank account. Again, you want to have a business bank account. You don't want to be running all this through your personal name and your personal bank account. So once you have your 
certificate of formation or articles of incorporation. And then once you have the taxpayer identification number from the IRS, then you'll go to the bank, set up the bank account, and then start establishing a relationship there so that you can start depositing the money into that account. It needs to hit that bank account. Any money coming in, any money going out needs to hit that bank account because um, under audit is going to make things a lot more seamless and just a lot more bulletproof when it comes to answering the questions with the IRS. So that is from start to finish, the steps and the things that you need to think about when it comes to establishing an LLC and what to do, how to do it, why to do it, what the big deal is with it. So I hope this has been beneficial to you. And if you would and you have felt this is beneficial, go leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Go leave me a five-star review. It really, really, really does help me get out to more people and more people to hear my message so that I can help more small business owners really understand the things that they need to when it comes to finance, accounting, and tax. So I would appreciate that so much if you would. And as always, you can send me an email. The email address is in the show notes. If you have any questions, I love spotlighting listener questions. So feel free to shoot me an email there and I will spotlight your questions soon. And with that, I hope you have loved today's show and we'll see you on the next one.